Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where we learn from the best online course creators how to better create and sell our very own courses. I'm your host, Phil Ebner, and today I'm so excited to chat with Dragos Stefanescu about a step-by-step blueprint for creating a premium course and selling it to the world. We're going to walk through the entire thing coming right up. Visit OnlineCourseMasters.com for show notes to watch the video version of this episode and see an archive of all our past guests. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. The one thing you can do for me is leave a review for the show, which helps us expand to an even larger audience. Thanks, and let's get straight to the interview. Okay, hey, Dragos. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. I'm so excited to have you on this episode to talk more about funnels and promoting courses off of the big marketplaces. But for people who don't know anything about you, let us know, what's your background? What were you doing before online courses and online marketing? Sure, man. Well, um, thanks for having me, firstly. I think uh, my biggest highlight last year and year was interviewing this guy called Phil Ebner at Udemy Live. (laughs) (laughs) That was the highlight for sure. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was that was the highlight of my life uh, <laughs> but yeah um my story is very simple i i grew up in romania i live in romania right now came back to it um went through pretty much you know a, a very heavy theory-based education here um was really good at maths really good at programming and stuff like that but i thought there was more to it so i went to university in the uk where i studied business and that's where I had no practical knowledge whatsoever, right? So it's not like people in Western Europe or the US where they grow and, and they do stuff. We never work. We never do anything like that until we're like 20. So I went to uni and all of a sudden I learned about Wait, business and all these things. What does things. that mean though? Like what kinds of practical knowledge are you talking about? Man, like literally we don't do anything <laughs> outside of like we have a lot of homework, which you guys don't have. So literally you would spend your whole day going to to high school and then in the morning or in the afternoon depending on when you go you do your homework and it's a lot of theory that's why romanians that go to universities abroad are really good at maths and stuff like that they just blow everyone else out of the water Mm -hmm. but when it comes to doing anything practical like for example getting involved in societies at university um you know handling uh, interviews in second year or anything like that you don't have the practical knowledge because you don't work on that you don't work on those skills Interesting. So it's quite a bit to yeah, quite a bit, quite a big disadvantage that you have to to make up for. So you know, at university, to make a long story short, I I started to be kind of indoctrinated into oh my god, you need to get a job in this management consulting or investment banking, something like that. And I got hired when I finished my my four year degree. I had worked on a one year placement. I got hired at Accenture in London, management consulting. Signed the contract, 10,000 pounds, sign-on bonus. I was like, woo, I made it. <laughs> 2,000 pounds a month living in living in London, working in the city of London, working on client sites. I thought I was living the dream. But then, you know, one or two months down the line, I realized by speaking to people that they weren't happy, they weren't fulfilled. Most of them got to like 35 years old. And even though they were making six figures, they were miserable. They couldn't even afford to buy an, an, a, a good apartment um in london and i asked myself is this really all there is to it and then my good friend jimmy narain which we both know uh he was tra- he, he had just hit it off on udemy he was traveling the world and i was like i'm pretty sure i don't have to sit in musky london till i'm 30 years old to work on a career for other people just because i'm being told that's the way to do it when other people are making much more money than my managers, they're traveling the world, they're having fun, and they're actually helping people at the same time with their online courses. So that's when I decided, okay, whatever happens, I'm just gonna launch a course, see what happens. Launched my first course, I probably made like 150 bucks in the first month, but the realization that you can make money online is so big that I just quit my job after that. <laughs> and I just said, okay, you know what, whatever, I'm, I'm gonna make it work. And about, I don't know, five months down the line, I started making enough money to sustain myself financially. I lived in Prague for a bit and then I moved back to Bucharest and I've been living here since for the past year and a half or so. Yeah, and for people who don't know, Dragos and I, we were in a mastermind group for a while, so we got to chat all the time and it, it was great to see um, how he's been building his online business. 
So you knew Jimmy. That was kind of your introduction to Udemy. And yeah. uh, I really want to get more into the marketing of online courses because I feel like that's your specialty. But with the Udemy courses, what kinds of things were you teaching? What? Why do you think you were initially successful on Udemy? And then kind of what did you do to expand your business after just Udemy? Yeah, so... Basically, I started with a, a LinkedIn course. I had several things that I was good at. And I noticed a few things that, that most people have as limiting beliefs, let's say. Um, I never believed people would buy my course. I always thought it'd be expensive to produce it. I thought there was too much competition. Um, and so I started with something that was a bit more niched, which was LinkedIn, even though I knew Excel quite well. Um, I didn't know how to create content. I didn't know a lot of things. But um, so I started with the LinkedIn course, then I did a few social media courses, and then I did two PowerPoint courses, which is when it really took off. So then I approached the Excel topic as well, which I kind of wanted to approach from the beginning, but I thought that, you know, there's so many courses on Excel on Udemy, why is mine got to sell? So after I got all this experience with running all these courses, I realized that it's just a matter of positioning yourself, doing the marketing on Udemy, and I launched it, 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 it made quite good money for me. So my first year on Udemy, I had that big explosion after six months. I started making, uh, you know, anywhere between two to $5,000 a month passively. Uh, and it was good, but I, I have consistently tried to sell my courses on, on my own platform and never quite successfully did that. Um, up until recently, I I went to Udemy Live and I interviewed a lot of people, yourself included. I made a lot of connections on there and I thought that I wanted to do a podcast. I started to actually record like eight episodes, but then I realized I'm not that consistent. And right now, I, I still teach people how to create online courses because I think it's an absolutely amazing opportunity for people that want to make passive income. It's probably like one of the easiest businesses to start because you just need to have knowledge in a topic, which most people have. Um, you don't need to be an expert as you perceive yourself to be. And there's literally, if you want it, zero dollars to invest to make it happen. I mean, at the very least, you just need a, a good microphone, which can be like 30, 40, $50, right? Mm -hmm. Or $100 and you get the Blue Yeti, which is like 95% better than everything that you're gonna find out there, right? So you can do all of that and you learn so many more skills. You know, so many people make it just about the passive income. But for me, I'm, I've been living in, I lived in three different countries. I, and this is not to brag, just to show people the possibilities. I started doing public speaking and I've won like national contests on public speaking. And a lot of it is from, from the, the skills that I got on video. I got to meet so many amazing entrepreneurs, yourself included, all the guys from Mastermind Group, everyone else that is a Udemy instructor, everyone else that wants to know about online courses. And when you tell them uh, you do this, they're very interested. And last but not least, I think whoever does it, if you have an online course, your perception is just so much bigger because people somehow think of video as this really difficult thing. And when they see you on video, they automatically think you're an authority or they think higher of you. Mm -hmm. So that that in itself creates so many more opportunities uh, for you. Actually, I'm, I'm starting a marketing agency right now and uh, it's crazy. Like 10 days ago, I, I went to speak to a guy that bought one of my, my courses on how to create courses like nine months ago. And I just wanted to speak to him to create a, a customer avatar. And it turns out that he needs help with his marketing. And because we built that trust before, with me teaching him about online courses, he's now my first client. So, mm, wow, you know, like it, I, I can I can connect the dots, like Steve Jobs said, looking backwards and see how online courses have helped me to get to where I'm at. Well, that's I mean, it sounds like your life has completely transformed, and I think that's something really important for people to hear because for some people, online courses is the end game or the end goal of I want to create some online courses. I want to have that passive income, or maybe not so passive income, and that's what I want to do. But it also can be a springboard to some other venture, or it could just be a part of something that you do. And for someone like me, who's and you who we're both young, and we have a long career ahead of us, it's kind of scary sometimes thinking about, okay, online courses are all the rage right now. And I can only imagine online learning is going to grow. But who knows what's going to happen in the next four, five, 10, 20 years, 
but I think we learn a lot of skills and we meet a lot of people that we can use in other ventures. So that's really interesting. By the time this episode's out, we'll include links to your your marketing agency because uh, hopefully that's up and running by then. And I think that's so important though for people, not only in online courses, but across any business to know, know marketing. That's something that's been hard for me. So you're doing a lot of things right now. What's a typical day like for you? How are you balancing maintaining or teaching online courses with all of your other projects at this time? Sure. So, I mean, at this point, teaching the online courses has gone towards the passive income side for me. So I haven't really released courses in the past six months, just a few of them, a few collaborations. And this is where the passive side of Udemy kicks in because your revenue kind of stays stable. I really admire you for all the effort that you put into creating more and more courses. I I got over that. Um, so for me, it's now it's, it's passive, but it's very lucrative still. And can I ask um, you a question quickly about that? Because yes. I've wondered about that. If I just stopped completely creating new courses, how long would Udemy courses basically maintain themselves? Did you see a drop? Are you still doing promotional announcements or anything? Or are they just completely passive? And are you answering questions and doing all that stuff too? Or is it just there? I answer questions, obviously, every now and then. Um it's it's dropped off for some courses a bit. Um, it's it's dropped off, let's say, in the past year, maybe 20-30%. And I even took a few courses out of there. Um, my best performing ones, like my LinkedIn one, for example, it's still making a ton of money every month, like kind of consistently, because it's a bestseller. I don't know how much longer that's going to last, but I'm just going to ride the wave. Yeah. So I haven't I haven't updated them. Literally, my LinkedIn course is the only one that I updated like a year ago, even that one. So it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. The only promotion that I do is send a, a promotional email every now and then. I don't even want to flood people with my promotional emails anymore. So I'm, I'm a bit surprised at how consistent they can stay. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. Cool. Well, sorry I interrupted. So you're, what's no, your tip- cool. typical day like uh, now that you're, you know, what are you working on day to day? Yeah, so typical day, I mean, it, it varies. Uh, I usually wake up quite early. I, I hate waking up after like 7.30 a.m., so like 6, 7 a.m. I'm up. It really depends what I'm doing. To put it like right now in this moment, I'm focusing on, let's say, three main things. So the first one will be the marketing agency. I've played a lot with ads over the past two months, and I've learned so much uh, trying to promote my own courses about how to create online courses, uh, working with a friend to promote his course as well, testing different things on Facebook ads, landing pages, email autoresponders. I learned quite a lot on on those fronts. Um, and now I'm focusing on getting clients and I, I literally just tell them, look, I'll, I'll work for you for free. And if I get your results, we can speak after like 30 days. Um, and basically just learning as I'm doing. I realized the biggest thing that was keeping me back as an entrepreneur before was the fact that I wanted everything to be perfect. And this can apply to people that create online courses as well. You want your first course to be perfect or this to be perfect and that to be perfect. And it never is, right? But you have to take action. You have to get sales. So I, I was even watching Gary Vaynerchuk and he actually says in 2010 when he started his agency, he didn't even know what he was doing, but the fact that he was so confident as to sell his services before he actually knew how to do it, he got clients and then he learned as he went along, right? Whereas most people, when you don't have that entrepreneurial spirit, you kind of think, oh, but I need to learn this or I need to master this before pitching people. No, you need to know your your stuff. But the point where I'm at right now, all the, the sources that I look at, I realize that I know so much more than I actually perceive myself knowing. And so much more than other people, which have no idea about Facebook marketing and all these things, that I should start testing for other people because I'm going to do a much better job at it than they're going to do anyway. And once you get results, that's how you learn and you just skyrocket, right? That's how you scale really fast. So the agency and getting clients and and getting them results is what I'm focusing on right now, not necessarily generating revenue from that. Um, Then my second project is I'm thinking of launching a a Udemy course creation um, community in Romania. 
Mm. Because we just had some guys launch their own Amazon product. And you know how Amazing Selling Machine did like millions. I was shocked that they did a launch a week ago for like four, 500,000 euros in Romania, which I was, whoa. You know, because people here don't have as much money as in Western Europe or Central Europe or the US. There's only 18 million Romanians and I think only 9 million are online. So to get that kind of response wow. from yeah. for an Amazon course is pretty crazy. Uh, I mean, the guys have proof they make a ton of money anyway, but um, I'm, I'm going to partner with two other Udemy instructors that are Romanian and uh, we have results. So let's see how that goes. So that's like a nice pet project. And then I'm working in this personal development um, community, which we're trying to grow. And I want to start interviewing the top entrepreneurs and top success stories in Romania, but kind of like a filmed interview where I get to meet them face to face. And that's going to be my way to building a really cool network here because I'm, I, I really like giving back to, especially to the Romanian community and kind of build, kind of build awareness and educate Romanians, because I would have loved to have this, to have had this when I was in high school, to know that there's another way other than working for a multinational or or, or taking the traditional path. So I kind of want to spread that message along in, in Romania. Wow. Well, it sounds like you're doing a ton of stuff, which I feel like I can relate with. You're having all kinds of different projects. Are What kind yes. of... Do you have any support in any of these ventures? Are you doing it all yourself? I know in the past with your courses, you actually had someone editing your courses for you. Um, are you yeah. outsourcing work right now? How, how are you handling all of this? Well, it's it's a tricky thing, right? Because I really think it depends on, on the stage you're at with things. So I started with my business partnering with someone to film me because I wanted to film myself. And it's obviously expensive to pay for that. So I just gave him a percentage and uh, that was taken care of. Um, the project with the, the Udemy community, I have two other guys and I handle the marketing and, and I'm in front of the camera, they handle everything else. So that's divided. In terms of the agency, I don't have someone working for me yet and I don't think I'm gonna have for the first few months because when you're learning something new, I want to do it myself every single step along the way because that's how I learn. And yeah. obviously I'm not, you know, I'm really good at, at the overall strategy. I know that I'm really good at understanding uh, the market, um, really good at um, planning everything, doing the landing pages and testing. I'm not, I'm not a good copywriter, <laughs> nowhere near that. Um, I don't know a lot of things, but if I do them myself, then I'm gonna learn. And then once I feel comfortable with that, I, I'm actually coming from a place of experience rather than opinion when it comes to teaching other people. And I think that's the biggest difference, right? When you can come from a place of experience rather than opinion, then you can get employees and train them. So for you, Phil, you you know, you know do all this marketing, you do all the video editing. It's not like you haven't done those things and you, you try to take someone under your wing. So then you also gain more control because you know exactly what you need to look for in, in the person that you hire. So I think that's super, super important. And then you can obviously scale uh, when you start hiring people. Yeah, it's something that I've been doing some more of now. I actually, before this episode launches, there's going to be an episode with Dina Eisenberg who does outsourcing and she really helped me kind of push, push me to outsource some of my tasks. And I've been doing that with some of the editing and then also with editing this podcast and doing different nice. things. And now it's just like, oh, let me just outsource everything. <laughs> but it's hard. It's hard to know. It's hard to find someone that you trust who does the job as good as you or good enough for you. Because again, it's going back to, to be, being imperfect or being okay with not being perfect. Because yeah. um, when I do it myself, I could do it perfect in my eyes or as good as I want. But it might take someone else longer to do that. But at the end of the day, it's probably doesn't matter that much so yeah you need to let go of control and you yeah. need to focus on your strengths yeah totally that's what it is so let's talk more about online course creators who want to build their own platform their own have their own self-hosted courses and control their income flow because we do not know when udemy is going to change if our courses are going to increase or decrease on udemy 
And the first step, yeah. I think, is how we for instructors who are listening, they have courses on Udemy, they have courses on Skillshare. Whether they had success on those platforms or not, they're looking for a platform to self-host their courses. For you, what's the first step that, and how does someone take their course and basically have success off of the marketplace? Sure. So it's a big question. <laughs> yeah, and and it's. <laughs> The first thing I would say, and it's, it's a bit off topic, but I just want to say it because I think it's super important. I've seen people run Facebook ads to their Udemy courses, and I'm just, I just don't understand why someone would do that. I, I think people that do that don't necessarily understand the potential that Facebook has, and how how hard or, or almost impossible it is for them. They're basically setting themselves up to fail because it's almost impossible to make that kind of thing profitable or scalable for that matter. Um, so what I would say is you don't even need to, here's the thing, you don't even need to host your course somewhere or even have it produced before selling someone on it. So let's take, for example, do you, do you want me to use you as a guinea pig? Yeah, that sounds good. Cool. So what do you want to sell? Like what do you want what what's what's the product that you want to contribute to your community and really get them to the next level? Well, this whole year I have this idea of putting together not just a single course on like video production, but like sort of like an all-encompassing series of courses or like an online school that will teach anyone how okay. to do like more professional filmmaking. Okay, so film filmmaking is your your stuff. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Um, so what you could do is uh, firstly, firstly, what people need to understand is their value ladder, right? So you really need to think about how you're going to position your product, how you're going to sell it, and what downsells and upsells you're going to have, right? Now, in my case, for example, I can start with a course about how to create online courses that I put for people. Let's say I start testing it at $297 and I push it all the way up to $497, right? Now, the biggest mistake most people make is that they, they start with the lowest end product and then they start upselling people like a tripwire, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the problem with that is if you don't deliver as much value as the person anticipates on the tripwire, it's going to be very hard for you to upsell them. Whereas if you start with your core offer, then it's much easier from there, whoever doesn't want to get your core offer, to downsell them to your other uh, products, right? And to upsell them to something else. So, for example, for you, one idea of, um, let's say, a core offer could be a course where you teach people how to make money from video production. Right? Would that be something that you could teach them, or yep. what's your what's your angle with it? Yeah, we could do a video product, have like a course on vi how to create your own video production business. Okay, cool. So you can have that for four nine seven, right? Um, so you have that, and then you can always downsell them to a few of your other courses. I'm sure you already have them, um, and you can always upsell them to, let's say, a more expensive, more expensive version of the course where you give them assistance as well, or you have trained people that give them assistance, uh, assistance down the line, and you can create a mastermind or something where you do a workshop or whatever it is, and you charge them like ten thousand dollars for them to stay on that spot, right? Mm -hmm. This can be variable. But the point is that you, Phil Ebner, don't need to have that course done for you to test if you're going to be able to sell it. Yeah, how do we do that? Because I always hear people talking about that and, um, you know, validating the idea before you actually create it. But what's the actual process of doing that? It's very simple. You determine what your core product will be, the different steps. You will test different things, and I'll talk about the entire process. And then once you start making sales on a webinar or you know whatever your conversion method is going to be, you can deliver them the content week by week. So let's say you have a, a four-week course or a six-week course, and simply that week you prepare the content for week one, you get them on an online webinar, you teach them whatever there is to teach, maybe you have Q&A calls um, mid-next week, and then you just develop the content as you go along every single week. But rather than developing it before, 
uh, it makes much more sense for you to see if you can actually sell that thing because you selling it will not make a difference. You know, it, it's like on Udemy, your your course quality or your course content will not make any difference when it comes to the sale, except for, you know, the reviews that you got as a result of previous sales and the social proof that you have. But obviously you can manufacture that the first time around when you go with your course. So I would say that's that's the most important thing. So what I did I actually took a course that a, a smaller version of it I had on Udemy. And when I made my first sale off of my funnels, I just put it into private mode. And so that, you know, people, even if it's a slimmed down version, they, they might complain, took it off Udemy and then just focused on selling it on my own platform. And that was it. That's something that's also important to understand because I've put a lot of time and effort. And I think a lot of people do the same, creating this really amazing course on Udemy and it's hard for me to like want to take the course down from Udemy when it's making sales to sell my own platform. So like I know in my mind I'm like I know that if I really focused on making it a premium product, doing the marketing, it could probably make more and probably a lot more money than on Udemy or any of the other platforms, but yeah. getting to that point for me and I think a lot of people is really hard. Sure, but here's the thing. It's not only the video, right? So as I think as it currently stands, Udemy courses are undervalued, but that's just the way they, they promote them. And I don't know if they're gonna make it happen with higher prices. They tried and it was a big failure. Um, I think it's all about the, the perceived value because let's say you do that course for um, how to have your own video production company and you will not only offer them the videos, you'll put them in a Facebook community, you will have Q&As with them, so you'll give a bit of your time initially, and you're gonna guide them through the process, so it's already much, much more than you're giving them on the Udemy course, right? So that's kind of the thing, but if you think about it, you sell one of those courses at 497, and it equates to what, 20, 30, 40 of your sales on Udemy? It's a no-brainer, yeah. and once you, once you once you like determine every step of your funnel and the conversions, then you can scale it. And that's the biggest thing. People don't understand how powerful retargeting is. And I'll go I'll go into detail if you want on this. But when I told you that, I don't understand why people would promote their courses on Udemy. You can't even retarget. That's so inefficient. Because you're gonna get people, you're gonna generate leads, and that's let's say 30% of it. But then retargeting people at different points within that process is what's going to give it the ROI, mm. right? You can cover your costs and you can make profit on just the lead generation itself. But most people need to be reminded over and over again. They need to see you like five, six, seven times before they're comfortable making a sale. And when you promote your, when you run ads straight to Udemy, you can't even put a pixel on your own landing page so they know all the people that got on that landing page and you can retarget them. Udemy does that. So you're basically investing money and then they get all the custom audiences and they make you know the money that that person is gonna spend on other courses on Udemy from you, from your advertising efforts, right? Yeah, no, it, it all makes uh, sense that that's the smart way to do, but getting to that point where we're retargeting, there's a few things missing. So you, yeah. you talked about you could you know, validate your course or, or try to sell it before you actually create the content. So we do that. You can train on webinars or you could even put together a video course. You could self-host it with Teachable or Thinkific. Between yep. that and the whole advanced marketing or retargeting, what what are the steps that someone has to put together to build that funnel? And and should they even should they make sure the funnel's working before they start retargeting? So it goes hand in hand. Um, what I will say, what I understood lately is that you kind of need to have scale to be able to retarget. And I'll explain to you, but I think it's easier. Look, if I just take you through the process and you tell me where it makes sense for you and where you want me to explain more, and then I think you're going to have a better picture of it, right? Okay. So let's say you have all these different products, right? Now they're all going to have their own funnel, but let's say you start with your core, core product because that's where you have to start. So you have your core product. Now, you're gonna have people, maybe, I mean, you already have an audience, right? You already have an audience of, of warm people on your email list, uh, people that go to your website. So you already have kind of everything. But let's say you're starting off cold, 
right? You're gonna need a few different funnels. Why? Because people come in at different stages and you need to understand which stage they come at. So you can have your, let's see, the first stage where you're building an audience, right? And you can basically um, promote articles on Facebook, um, articles on your website where you can put a pixel and you can understand who those people are. So let's say I'm getting, uh, I don't know, clicks to my website for 20 cents a click with, um, what is it, uh, $20, I will get 100 clicks, right? So let's say with $100, I'll get 500 people to my website. I have a pixel on there. It's not gonna fire for everyone, but let's say I have 250 people that are my custom audience that have read one of my articles. So they know who I am, right? Those are people you can retarget or down the line, you can create a lookalike audience, but I'm not gonna go into details on that because it's, it's already too complicated. But this way you build awareness, right? And you see how people react to your content. Now, okay, so even at this point though, you're you're thinking that we could, we should be actually paying for promotion on Facebook for our articles or our, our videos or whatever kind of content we're putting together? Yes, or if you have organic traffic already. So for example, you, you should have a pixel installed on your website. I hope you have that. Because when you have the pixel installed, you don't have it. <laughs> oh my God. We need man. to talk. You talked about <laughs> you're doing free free marketing right now for clients. I think we got to talk after this podcast. <laughs> all right, all right. So so let me tell you let me tell you why it's important to have a pixel on your website. I know basically well, okay, yeah. Yeah, talk to me. Tell me cuz the listeners don't know. Yeah. So basically you're going to put this pixel on your website and whichever page you have, you can then control on Facebook to create custom audiences knowing exactly which people went on your specific pages, right? It's not going to fire for everyone. That's the thing with pixels. Um, if you have ad blockers, you know, stuff like that, it's probably, probably going to fire like 60% of the times, right? That's one way to build a custom audience and to have that on your website, especially for someone like you, Phil, who already has a lot of traffic going onto their website. Because what you can do with that is you can create a custom audience, so remarket to those people, but you can also create a lookalike audience. So basically, Facebook will create uh, an audience of 1% of people in that country, so in the US, for example, that are similar to the people that have visited your website. So basically, they will, you know, they have very complex algorithms and they will know exactly a similar audience to what you have there already. So that's pretty cool that Facebook can do that. Now, the other thing that I would say is even more valuable right now is advertising through videos on Facebook. Why? Because Facebook pixels everyone that watches your video. It's crazy. And it's gonna pixel them 100% of the time because it's hosted on their platform. And they're competing with YouTube, so promoting their own videos is going to be incentivized. So it's cheaper than actually promoting articles, right? So I did an experiment a month ago where I ran a four or three video series, like a video funnel just on Facebook. And basically you can see how many people have seen three seconds. So three seconds is considered a view, right? So when you see a, a video on Facebook, a view means that they've seen it for three seconds. Mm -hmm. Three seconds, 10 seconds, 25%, 50%, 75%, 95% of your video, which is crazy. And I was paying in the US, UK and Canada, I was paying about 4.4 cents per view, which is insane. So I got like 30,000 views, 40,000 views for like $200 on my videos. Okay, and so this was a, and were you retargeting people with these videos or who are you promoting these videos to no you promote them to you you basically go into this this tool called audience insights on facebook mm -hmm. and you will you obviously it all starts with i'm not going to go into details on that but what i do with everyone that wants to do this is you have to know your client avatar you have to know your pain points you have to know the market they're going for right based off of that you'll figure out your targeting so it can be interests on Facebook, so pages that they like. And then if, if for example, um, let's say I put on my online course creation, I put as interests um, Udemy, um, I put uh, Smart Passive Income by Pat Flynn, I put Ramit Sethi and stuff like that. 
if I put them in the audience insights, it's going to show me pages that are correlated with the audience that I selected or interests that are correlated. So then you try all these different interests. You literally write them down in a table, 20, 30 of them, and then you test on all these um, audiences, on all these interests, and you see which ones react better. Got it. That's basically how you do it. So you target a cold audience, basically. Got it. Are you enjoying this episode? We hope you're learning to become a better course creator. If you want to fast track your success, get the free seven step guide to success at onlinecoursemasters.com. Now let's get back to the show. Got it. And so with your funnel, you're talking about you had four videos. How did that work? You did, did you promote one video? And then how did they get on to the next video of that funnel? Yeah, so that was an experiment. I realized that I did it a bit wrong and I would do it differently the second time around. So basically I did like three seven minute videos, I think. And the idea was to promote the second video to everyone that has watched 25% of the first video. But because um, the first video was so long, I thought you could you could promote by 30 seconds because you can see stats on 30 seconds, but you can't. So because of that, I could only promote to a, a much smaller pie of people because 25% was like a minute 50, right? Mm. Which was still like a thousand people. So quite a lot of people um, engaged with that, but I would have wanted it to be more. So the idea with this kind of approach is you have to put a lot of money into videos and you have to promote something that is high ticket afterwards. Because if you put like, if you can spend a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars into these videos, then you kind of have a very big and warm custom audience. They can promote something. And when you make one sale of your high ticket product, you basically pay for your ads. Yeah. Right. But what I, the way I would do it right now is maybe do a two minute video that is super intriguing, catches their attention and then promote the next videos to people that have watched 25% of that video. What about just sending them from a video to like a landing page? Well, you do that anyway. I mean, if you want to, whenever you create your your ads, you can create a um, image ad or you can create a video ad. And when you create a video ad, it's, it's the same thing. You can always create a custom audience based on how much those people have seen it. Got it. So yeah, you can definitely do that as well. But that's basically the first part of it, right? Then you obviously, um, you run your Facebook ads to that custom audience to take them to a landing page. Now, I don't want to go into too many details on this, but it will really depend on how much those people know you. So you can have three different funnels, right? And this I took from, from Scott Oldford. If you guys want to follow him, he's, I, I think the guy's going to be absolutely huge. Uh, I know a lot of stuff from Russell Brunson as well, so highly recommend his stuff. But basically, you'll have three lanes. And the first lane... What he calls the sidewalk will be the part where people have low obligation and you just have to attract them with something really quick. So let's say three to five minutes. So rather than taking them to your 30 page ebook for people that don't know you or are just at the beginning of knowing you, you can take them to a quiz. Quiz are, quizzes create a lot of engagement and you can do it with lead quizzes, I think it's called. It's a super cool tool uh, or a very short PDF. And the PDF will act more as, you know, uh, instant gratification. That's the key point. Um, and then also promoting you as the authority, right? That's the first funnel that you can create. The second funnel and the one that I would go for initially is the one where people kind of know a bit about you. So you can use this video funnel initially and then drag them into this one. He calls it the slow lane. It's basically medium obligation and medium implication. So it can be a video series kind of like a product launch. So where you do three videos and then it ends with a webinar or a sales video, or you can do a challenge. I did a five day challenge or you can do a seven day challenge where you take people for different steps. But basically the idea is that they need to be willing to spend, let's say anywhere between 15 to 20, 30 minutes a day watching your content. And that's where you indoctrinate them, right? You take them step by step, through everything that you do. So for example, in my five day challenge, I was taking them step by step on how they can create their own online course. And then I lead them to an implementation session, which is a webinar, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the fast lane. That's where people land who are, um, they know about you, they know their problem, they know that they need it solved. You get them on a webinar or on a one-on-one sales call and you sell them on your product, right? now. The problem is what most people do, and I did this at the beginning as well, is you run some ads, 
to cold traffic, you send them to a webinar landing page, people still sign up, like I was getting good conversions, and then they don't show up to the webinar. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. why would they show up? They don't know about you, they just registered. And because it's you running it, you think you're so important, and you're like, well, why? why did they sign up and they didn't turn up? But it's just because they don't have that relationship built with you. And then people wonder why they don't buy, or if they buy, they, they buy under pressure, and it's not the clients that you want. Yeah. Right. I yeah, I so, really like this because I feel like webinar webinars are also getting so popular and maybe it's just me and the different things that I click on, but on Facebook I'm being advertised by so many people with at, going to webinar landing pages and I just don't have time for that myself. So I like this idea of having different funnels or different types of audiences and creating specific funnels for them yeah exactly and here's where it gets really cool right because and this is this is where people are gonna love this this episode i feel um you can make them switch from one funnel to the other so for example let's say they opt into the quiz they do the quiz and then on the thank you page you tell them about your challenge now, if they don't opt into your challenge, they will go into an email series where you indoctrinate them. So let's say you have eight emails, but three of those emails will send them to the challenge. Mm -hmm. Now, they can switch the lanes, but at the same time, when you're running the emails to them, you retarget them on Facebook with relevant material about you. So authority articles, testimonials, well, testimonials maybe a bit later, but anything that positions you as, as the authority or solves their problem, content articles, whatever it is, right? Depending on the funnel. So let's take, for example, let's take a, um, the funnel that I told you that indoctrinates them. Take a very simple example. And we saw the traditional approach. People run an ad, they, they send people to a webinar and then they pitch them. And they maybe they give them a 24 hour window to buy or something like that. And let me show you the more elaborate okay. uh, version that can make you 10 times the return. Okay. So let's say, Phil, you did some video series, right? And you people know about you now, right? You have a website, you have traffic on it, so you quite have a base, you know who your clients are. Now, let's say you don't wanna run a challenge because that's even more complicated. You wanna do a, a, a let's say, classical um, product launch where you send them to three videos, they are drip-fed every single day, and then you put them on a webinar, which let's say happens three days after the videos are released, right? Let's just take an example. Make it a, a fixed timeline, right? So it's not gonna vary for everyone that joins. So you run the Facebook ad, right? And you get people to sign in to your uh, video series, right? So you're gonna get people that go to your landing page. Okay, so, and just so that this is clear, we have the, the ad on Facebook and it takes them to the landing page where they have to sign up to get those videos, right? Exactly. They give you their names and their email address. Now, let's say you have a 30% conversion rate, which is, which is quite good. And out of 500 people, you get 150 to sign up for the video series and the webinar, right? Now, what you're gonna do is, because you have the pixel installed on every page, the first retargeting that you do will be to the people that were on the landing page but didn't opt into the video series, okay? Because Facebook will know exactly who that audience is and you can still get them through, they've already clicked. So in your messaging on the ad, you're not gonna be, you're not gonna use the same ad, you're gonna mm -hmm. be like, hey, this is Phil, I noticed you checked out my video series but you didn't sign up. Did something wrong happen? Just to remind you, this is what I cover, point A, point B, point C. See you there, whatever, you know? And I've played with the graphics a lot, so I've taken a lot of goofy photos of, of me. Uh, I don't know if you've seen them. I can share them uh, if you put them on the, on, the, yeah. on the podcast notes. And everything is tailored, right? Once people sign up for your challenge, this is where it gets awesome. So they will start going into an email series. Right, so you you can use I use Active Campaign. I tried ConvertKit, but it's too inflexible when it comes to the rules because you can only send it like a day later or anything like that. Active Campaign has has rules very specific that you can use, 
And basically you start getting them into an email series. So let's say you have three videos on day one, day two, and day three. I would send them two emails every day. And those emails will contain the links to your video. So video, two emails from day one, sending them to video one, two emails from day two, sending them to video two, and so on. But the secondary objective will also be to position you as an authority. So you can always share stories, you can always send them to other videos, right? Now, this is the email series which takes them to the videos. Every single day, the email will send them to the landing page. They don't go from the landing page of video one to the one from video two. No, mm -hmm. they get access through email, you train them so that they check mm -hmm. their emails, right? Mm -hmm. But as you might know, emails, the open rates are not that big. A lot of people have Gmail, it goes into the promotions tab and so on, so it gets lost, right? So what you're gonna do is, all the people that have landed on the thank you page, so that are subscribed to your video series, you will retarget them on Facebook. So as soon as they sign up, you retarget them with an ad that says, hey, I just wanted to say thank you for signing up for my challenge. Who the hell receives ads just saying thank you and not wanting anything from you? So all and of are a these sudden, the ads, like, do these shows up as just like the sponsored post in the feed of yes. Facebook? Okay. Yes. Yes, but you're going to be in their face all the time, right? They will have signed up for this, and rather than you waiting for the webinar and hoping that they show up and pitching them on there, you're, you're telling them thank you. On day one, you're telling them, hey, day one video is released. Check your email inbox for the link, right? Here's what I cover. Day two, they get the, the ad for day two. Day three, they get the ad for day three. So you're constantly on email, right? You're on Facebook through ads, and if you want to, when they opt in for your video series, you can funnel them into a Facebook group as well, kind of like your private community, and you can post on there as well. So all of a sudden, rather than just focusing on email to get them there, you're just everywhere. You're on Facebook mm -hmm. on ads, you're on the Facebook group, you're on email, all of a sudden this person's like, whoa. Who, who is this Phil guy? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm everywhere. And, and is this, are you able to schedule it and set it up so that they see those ads like in a sequence every day? It, or do you have to like, yeah. that can be automated? You can basically, yeah, because let's say for example, it's evergreen. By evergreen, I mean that it runs continuously, right? Mm -hmm. The video series and you have a recorded webinar. I would, for example, I have all the people that have visited the thank you page. So if they visited the thank you page, that means they opted in. So then I will create different audience. I will create different audiences for, let's say, people who have gotten on the thank you page in the past day. So just one day, two days, three days, mm, right? Mm -hmm. And when I target the ads, I will target them. Okay, just target people that have visited the thank you page in the past day. So that means they're still at day one. Then target people that have uh, have been on the thank you page two days ago, but not the ones that have been one day ago, right? <laughs> So this then, is awesome. It's just so much work and it's so daunting for someone, even like me, who I, I feel like I know how to do a lot of stuff and can figure it out. This just seems so daunting. So this is why it is a marketing have hiring someone else to do this is so key. I mean, this also sounds expensive. It is, but it is. But well, I can tell you about that as well. It's not as expensive as it seems, especially the retargeting. You don't pay that much because you know what the audience is. Um, I will say this, don't necessarily hire agencies only if you need the Facebook ads help. Um, I was about to do that and they can charge you a lot of money for that. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So either you're determined to work with them and make all this stuff happen, because if, if they're going to do everything for you, it's going to be super expensive because it's a lot of work, right? And you're better off knowing the process a bit as well so that once you don't necessarily want to work with them anymore, you can kind of manage it, right? Yeah. yeah. That makes sense? Cool. So you take them through this entire indoctrination sequence, three videos. Then you want to get them on a webinar. So on the third video, when you send the emails on day three, you're already going to have the landing page for the webinar set up. We're assuming it's not an automated webinar right now. That's more complex. And you do the same thing, right? You have it on email, but then on the three days leading up to the webinar, you retarget them, telling them sign up for my webinar, right? Then they sign up for the webinar, you do your thing, you take them through the entire process that people have done that, they know how to do it. Now let's see what follows afterwards because this is the key, right? Now, 
rather than you giving them a 24-hour window where, you know, buy now and you give, send them two emails and you expect them to buy, you've already built all that rapport. Why don't you do this? You give them a five-day window to buy. You tell them that you don't use pressure selling. You're very authentic, right? People love that. And obviously, you need to incentivize them so you could say, okay, first three people that buy on this webinar, they get this extra, but you're not placing scarcity. So you're saying they have five, five days to buy. And now you're going to send them emails every single day as, an, as a sequence where, let's say, in the first few days, you just talk about your features, your product features. So I'll, uh, you, Phil, will say, look, our course has this and that, this and that, you get bonuses, this and that, this and that. You see who buys, right? For those that haven't bought already because they haven't gone out of the sequence, you're going to start with testimonials and proof. So you're going to send them an email which has testimonials from other people. You're going to send them an email that has proof, right? Then, okay, the next day, they still haven't bought. You're going to battle their objections. So you're going to have a very nice story in an email, but it's actually going to be constructed to handle all the objections that they have. And if they still haven't bought, then you send them an email uh, reinforcing all these testimonials and objections and just telling them that the program is going to close in one day or whatever the case may be. Now, you obviously have a sales page where you sell them all of this, but most people will stop at that. But the same way you did it with the days one, two, and three on the video series, why not retarget them on Facebook with the same messages, right? So day one and two, you talk about your features and then to the sales page. Days three and four, you can put video testimonials on Facebook. They're like, look, this guy made this much money with my method. Check out this video. So you're constantly in their face, right? Authority articles that show that you're the guy that can teach them about all this stuff. So you're constantly bombarding them with messages. And if you're relevant to them, obviously it's, it's not annoying if you're relevant to them. If they're still there, that means they're interested. Yeah. So all these things, the retargeting will not cost you as much as your lead generation. It will cost you less mm -hmm. on the whole because you're marketing to less people. But that's why I told you you need to have scale because you need to have 20 people in a custom audience to be able to retarget to them. So when you get them through, the, through to the video series, you want to have... 200 people so that maybe 100 people sign up to the webinar so you can retarget them quite easily because you're going to lose some of them here and there because Facebook doesn't pixel everyone, right? Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, this whole thing sounds really epic and I feel like <laughs> I just need to test it out myself to see how it works. I feel like you need to like write it all down in like the ultimate checklist with like templates and I would pay for it. I think a lot of people would pay for it like with email templates and ad templates because it is a lot, but I can see how, you know, if you really want to sell, especially a high ticket item, this is, this is the way to do it. I mean, for a low ticket item, I feel like it'd be kind of hard to, yeah, to make money yeah. from this. So 297, 497 as a minimum to start with. Uh, be ready to upsell them so they increase your your margins, and yeah, something like a Udemy course would would probably not work with this. But look, the the return on investment, and the profit you can make from this um, completely outlasts everything that you can do on Udemy because you can evergreen it. So the challenge, everything you can just make it evergreen, um, automated, so that you just feed people through the funnel. They just go through those processes and you convert them at a certain percentage. Yeah, yeah. Had you said something about Facebook using Facebook messages? That is crazy. Uh, yeah, that is like absolutely insane. So I'm I mean, going to with it. I don't want, you don't have to spill all the secrets of using Facebook messages, uh, but I wanted to, you had mentioned it before our call and I just wanted to see what your thoughts were about using them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, look, I'm I'm completely transparent. Uh, it, it whenever you give, the more you give, the more you're gonna receive. So I, I just want to help as many people as possible. Check out Scott Oldford. I uh, seriously love the guy. Um, if you're looking for a program that will teach you all of this, it's probably his program. Um, I've I've looked at what he what he does without being in his program yet. And it's, you know, just figuring out and copying the stuff that he does. I kind of figure it out on my own, but his principles are really good. Russell Brunson is really good, but he doesn't go in as much depth. Um, and then he can, if he can find courses on, on Facebook ads, maybe that will help as well. But Scott Oldford mainly.
and he's been testing Facebook Messenger bots. I just tested them, like just implementing one as well. But I'll give you the gist of it. <laughs> this is crazy. So basically, anyone that anyone that messages your page on Facebook, you can target with ads on Facebook Messenger. This guy ran a test where the first like hundreds or so of people that he got on his Facebook Messenger list, he sent them uh, these messages. I'm sure it's dropped down a bit since then because it was a novelty, but basically he got 100% open rate and 93% click-through rate. Which is basically email in 1999, you know? Yeah. And that, I mean, and this is on a Facebook page, when someone likes your page, are they automatically being sent a message or is it when they send you a message, you're replying with this automated message? They they need to send you a message and by sending you a message, they opt into your list on Facebook Messenger. So instead of just having an email list now, mm. you can have a Facebook Messenger list. Now, this doesn't mean that you eliminate email because the email you still own, Facebook you know, can always do something and you're not gonna own that list. What I think is super valuable in, in which situations I think it's super valuable when you have, let's say, I don't know, a thousand people and a hundred of them are diehard fans, right? And they want more of your content and you have all these different lead magnets that you can send to them and they're going to opt into them, right? And you can keep them very engaged. So there's a tool called ManyChat, mm-hmm. which is the simplest um, automation tool that I've seen. And I tested it out two days ago. It's, it's, it's insane. So basically, here's what you can do how you could apply this. So let's say you have a lead magnet or you send your your lead somewhere uh, within this funnel and you tell them, you know, let, let, let's say you make them opt into your, to your video challenge, right? And then they opt in and on the, th- this idea just came to me right now, it's brilliant. <laughs> on the thank you page, you tell them thank you, blah, blah, blah. And you say, hey, here's a extra video production training or a PDF, whatever it is, right? Something that would interest them that is related to the video series. Opt in here to get it. And with ManyChat, you get a line of code and you can put either a form, a box, an entire landing page that will have a very nice button that says, that says send to messenger. So you put that on the thank you page and you tell them, look, if you want this free training, you're going to receive it here. Send to Messenger. They literally click and log in with their Facebook account and they join your list, right? They join your list on ManyChat and then you send them to an automation. Now, on that automation, you basically tell, for example, hey, Phil, uh, thanks for signing up for my list on Facebook Messenger. You can unsubscribe at any point in time by typing stop. Um... And then you tell them, by the way, here's the PDF that you wanted and you give them the link, right? And they get that, they're happy, whatever. Then you can create automations where literally I could say, hey, Phil, um, I don't know. I'm hosting a training about how to produce video for your clients. Would you be interested? And then you put buttons. You literally put buttons and you say, yes, sign me up or no, thanks. They click the button and they reply with that text and then you have the next automated message. And you can literally, like an email automation, but on Facebook with short, snappy messages and it's you, right? It's personal. This is the craziest part. You can add files, you can add videos, you can add voice messages, you can literally tailor it as you want. So you could opt into my training, Phil, right? On how to create online courses and I'll reply with a video and you see me being like, hey man, (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for signing up for my online training. Look, I'm super pumped up for you, right? And it's just a 20-second video. They film with your phone like this in your home. It's super authentic. You know, it's communication is so much better than via email. And because it's Facebook, who wants to have unread mes- messages on their Facebook Messenger feed, you know? Mm-hmm. Like your opening rates and your click-through rates are going to be insane. They can unsubscribe at any point in time. You can test it very easily by sending them different lead magnets with different topics and then signing them up to different lists. So then you know which people are interested in what and just send them messages whenever you want to uh, based off of that. So I think I think that it's crazy good. I don't think it's something that you should overuse or substitute email with just yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think everyone should use it. Yeah, I was starting to think like, on a very basic level, should I start just messaging people who have 
messaged me on my page or liked my page when I have content or a promotion? Should I just message people? But I also don't want to like spam and I don't know what the rules are with messaging people who like your page but didn't message you first. Do you get you that? You can't? You can't message them. That's uh-huh. the thing. Facebook stops that. So they need they need to message you first. But by putting the many chat button, Got it. they they opt into your list kind of ethically. So as you know, as long as you you keep reminding them, look, just type stop if you want to unsubscribe, then you're good. Got I it. don't think it should be a problem. Got it. Cool. Dude, this is really awesome and we've taken it to a completely different level than my other podcast so that i hope people have really enjoyed this for my last question i just want to say ask like for someone who's listening to this and this is overwhelming and they have their courses on udemy but they want to start getting on like to start doing something towards this method what's the first thing people should start trying to do on their own um on their own website or or what's the very first step I mean, email list, if they don't have that already, um, get an email list, depending on the traffic that you have. I mean, it really depends how big it is. Just message your email list, do a very, very basic email sequence and try to pitch them on a webinar um, or on buying one of your other products. Just try to make it happen. Host it on Teachable if you want to. You don't have to pay money for that. Email doesn't cost much and they probably have it already. Just do a nice email sequence. Um, for example, you can use the soap opera sequence, I think. I mean, if they Google it, um, you, you see it step-by-step described by people. And um, just try to sell like that. Email email funnels are like email sequences are the most basic thing that you can do. Yeah. Um, but as I said, you know, re- readability, open rates and stuff like that will, will really vary depending on how engaging it is. Yeah. The next basic step after that that I would suggest is get a landing page software. I use ClickFunnels, but ClickFunnels is expensive. It's $97 a month. Not everyone wants to pay that. Instapage or Leadpages or Unbounce are other good options that are a bit cheaper. And try to do a, a basic landing page where people sign up to a webinar, get a free GoToWebinar account. You can you can put 10 people on a webinar with that. You're probably not going to get more than that on your first attempts. Just run a few webinars to practice. Mm-hmm. Don't even have to sell people anything. Just practice. Just put yourself on there. Yeah. And then you can start playing with email sequences and Facebook ads and more advanced landing pages. But that's really good for a start. Yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone has to get that kind of core. Con- it's almost like content, even if it's if it changes. But having a webinar, having email sequence down before you start doing the more advanced Facebook retargeting and stuff. But but at the same time, it would be good to kind of start doing everything. All yeah, at once man. Too. Look, it's it, it's crazy, but you, you know, like four months ago, I actually was speaking to a marketing agency and I wanted to get them to run my Facebook ads for me. Uh, and because, you know, Facebook ads seem so complicated to people because they, they, they don't trust that they can, that they know their audience, that they know how to market them. They, until they see the conversions, they don't actually believe they're possible. And even when you do, you need to be very patient with them and understand that you need to run a campaign for like two weeks before it completely optimizes um, and the cost drops. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it seems very complex, right? But for me, I I had, I think, three people that had their agencies and I was asking them, man, like, how should I approach this? Like, which agency should I hire? These guys are going to do this and that and that. And all three of them told me the same thing. They're like, man... Look, even this guy that I, I spoke to on Upwork, he's like, look, man, like I can run the ads for you, but I think you should learn it yourself. You know, it's not that complicated and it, it's really important for you to learn how to do it yourself. So when that guy told me and I wanted to hire him and he said, look, just learn it yourself. And two other people told me the same thing. I was like, hold on. OK, let me just try. And I tried literally in like two, three months and I tested with landing pages and email sequences and I, I knew nothing about these things. Right. But I just did massive imperfect action. Didn't stop thinking that everything had to be perfect, which was my biggest flaw. And I just ran them. I just said, I'm going to run them no matter what. And then I'm going to iterate. And once you do them, you know, the first time, the first time I did a landing page, I I actually wanted to get um, Instapage because it has this tool where you scan another landing page and it creates the same kind of thing because I didn't know how to create a landing page. But then 
what I did was literally I mapped out like 10 funnels of other marketers and I saw what they did. And then I just copied their landing pages, literally copied everything to the point where now after I copied like five landing pages, I see exactly what works and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. And instead of choosing a template when I create a landing page, I'm like, ah, no, I'm just going to create it from blank. And I kind of know how to create it, right? And that was like a one-month process. So it's not, it's not a, it's, it's a steep learning curve. But once you do it once, it's going to be like five times easier to do it afterwards. Yeah. Like creating an online course. Yeah. It's the same thing. Totally. And I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to like, with outsourcing, I did that. Now I'm going to learn how to do the Facebook ads that just tested out myself. And from what I've heard yes. with this conversation, I know your marketing agency is going to do really well because you understand everything uh, so, so well. So this has been really helpful. And um, I'm so excited to yeah see where things go in the future. But where can people find out more about you if they want to uh, learn more from you or see... I'll include links to your marketing agency once that's up and running. But right now, where can people find you? Yeah, so my other website is teachhack.com, which is uh, Teach Hack with one H, uh, which is my online course company. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, it's pretty much the main means of communication. If they write to me on, if they add me as a friend or write to me on my on my Facebook page, then I'm probably going to reply at some point. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's my, my main means of, of communication. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and uh, best of luck with everything in the future. Thanks, man. You too. Looking forward to see what happens. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, there's no better way to learn how to create and sell online courses than heading over to onlinecoursemasters.com and downloading your free seven-step guide to success. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen and make sure to leave a rating. If you do, I might even read it on a future show. Help us reach our first 100 ratings. It'll just take one extra minute of your time. Thanks, have a beautiful day, and we'll see you next week on the next episode.